someone yells out, there are chess tables in here. And in, in the middle of this thicket were these really nice stone chess tables. Julio were grown completely forgotten about. And so we continued and we cleared the whole area out. And sometimes we do things like that and we wonder, you know, is, what does this even matter? Is there even a lasting impact of going and just cleaning up some overgrowth? But I think it was a beautiful spiritual picture um, of what it is the Lord has calling, uh, called us and has called us as a church to, to be, to be ones who will, in the midst of everything that looks so beautiful and put together, and maybe even all the people who look really beautiful and put together, that we would find the overgrowth. Even, even the people, sometimes places like that, that desperately need the family of God to come in to help cut it back and display again the beauty that exists. Um, What I love about the story of what the Lord used us as a church to do five years ago was that the town then took it upon themselves to maintain the cleanliness of that area. So even now, you go by the gazebo in Central Avenue Field, and it is clean, and it looks nice. And we've had a long-lasting impact on our community. We created more space for beauty um, by just giving a couple of hours together. And so um, I think about that when I read things like Jesus saying, you are the light of the world. You are called to take the light that I birth in you the light that is, that is cultivated in my presence, the light that is fanned into flame by the body of Christ, by the family. And you're to take this light um, out because the world around you desperately needs it. When he says, let your light shine before others, that sometimes it means that we have to step out in faith, step out in boldness, out of our own comfort zones, so that dark places, the overgrowth, can feel the warmth of light again. This indicates that this light that um, we are experiencing together is it's not just for our own experience. Do you hear that? That, that my, my encountering God, engaging Him in His presence... It's not just for my own experience. And oftentimes we treat, we treat his presence that way. And then we, we take it and we, we take that light and we put it under a little bowl and we say, nobody else can come near this. Please don't, please don't, don't mess, mess with my life in such a way that you're going to require, that you might knock the bowl off my light. Does that make sense? Um, It's not just for us that that there is this deep outworking that God actually requires of his people, a deep outworking that God requires of his people. This morning, I hope that when we walk out, we understand that that mission is what, I'll use the term, an all-skate. 
right? You've been to, if anybody's ever been to skating rinks, I might be dating myself a little bit because I don't know that they're around a whole lot, but there's skating rinks and, and um, you know, usually, especially when I was in like middle school or early high school, um, you'd always go to the skating rinks, that's where the cute girls were, and, you know, so you were at the, at the rink, but all the guys kind of stood outside because we were too cool to actually go out and skate, but we were waiting for those words to come over the speaker, this is an all skate, because that was your opportunity to jump in and to engage and to participate. And you'd be like skating and doing your thing and maybe show you can do it backwards a little bit and, you know, showing off a little. And then, you know, you kind of skate up and maybe you'd start to strike up a conversation and um, make new friends. <laughs> this idea, this is an all skate. This is, this is God saying, this is for everybody to come out onto the floor and participate. And I think he's shouting that over the church more and more. Hey guys, you're forgetting. This is not, this is not an option. Engaging in my mission is not an option. It is the very outflow of my, my heart, of my redemptive heart for the nations. And I need you to participate in this. I'm calling you to participate in this. Uh, John, in uh, chapter 13, says it this way. He says, by, by this, by you going out and bringing your light, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By this thing, if you love one another. Last week, we talked about the importance and the value of one anothering one another, right? You say that with me again, one another, one another. Right, so he ta we talk about the importance of one anothering one another, and there's a whole list of those that we handed out, and if you'd like that uh, copy of that, I still have those. And just the ways that we interact together as we are called to interact together as the family of God. We want another one another in these ways. And so Jesus, sending them out, right, he would often send his disciples out, and he never sent them out alone. He'd always send them out in groups of twos, or maybe a couple more would go out, and they'd go out together, and they'd talk about with other people the good news of Jesus. Um, and he started to shift them from, you're my disciples, and I'm teaching you how to interact with one another, but now I need you to one another the other. Because this unbelieving world will be drawn to belief because there's just something so different about our love. They see it on display as we are resolving conflicts with forgiveness, as we're welcoming the stranger in our midst, as we're truly learning what it means to care for our neighbor The light of Jesus shines brighter and brighter and brighter to people who oftentimes feel like their world is just way too dark. So the whole of humanity is longing, longing for the family to act like the family. To model God's redemptive heart for the whole world to the world. And so I, I'd like to spend a couple of minutes and, and just define what do we mean by mission um, 
uh, together so that when you see this being fully given to his presence, we've talked about that to his family, that was last week, but to mission, you understand exactly what we were talking about. In the Alliance, we like to, uh, the way that we describe uh, what it means to be part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, it's the denomination that we're a part of, is to be an Acts 1-8 family on mission. Acts 1a, he tells him to go, and, and uh, he says, I will, I will clothe you with power from on high, and you will be my witnesses in all, Judea, in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That we are this Acts 1-8 family on mission. We're spirit-filled. We, we are engaging his presence. We're learning what it means to walk together as family, but we are sent. Make, it, make no like, mistake about it. We are sent to proclaim and display the gospel, that we would share our redemption stories. If you belong to Jesus, you got a redemption story, right? There, there, there was a, a, a who you were, and now there's a who you are now, right? Yeah. This, this, who you were and, and who you are now, to proclaim it, to tell the story. Like, be, be reckless with the proclamation of the story of, of what God has done in your life. When's the last time you sat down with someone and said, I just want to tell you about what God has done in my life? If you, don't, if you don't know how to, to, to bring the gospel to people, just that's where you start. Tell your story. Your story matters. And your story can be the key to unlock um, faith to move from unbelief to belief for, for any person. So we do it by telling our stories and this display. We, we, we operate in our giftings, right? Not just here. Oftentimes we get, we get a little, things get a little blurry and we go, well, I've got a gift of hospitality, so I'm going to help serve coffee and donuts or, or snacks, which is awesome, right? We appreciate the coffee and snacks. We want coffee and snacks every week. Um, we need it. I, I need to like get a little, my caffeine thing going on so that I can get, I'm here like from early in the morning. I need some coffee. Thank you, James, for making coffee this morning. That was fantastic. You know, Janine for bringing the snacks. Love it. Thank you so much for that. We have people with, with gifts to play music. We have people with gifts to teach. We have people all those. And while those are for the family, they're also for everybody else you come in contact with. Your gifts aren't just meant to be used for two hours on a Sunday. It's actually, this is like the practice area, and that's the game. And too many times we get sucked into a life of perpetual practice, and we never make it to the field where the harvest is ripe, but the workers are few. I think Jesus knew what he was talking about there. So we take our gifts and we, we take them out with us. And mission is local and in global. Local meaning our Jerusalem and it expands to Judea and Samaria and then to the ends of the earth. 
And as we continue to do this, we, we, we use for as our inspiration for how we understand, especially local mission. I'm going to spend a lot more time this morning talking about local mission. Um, we're going to dedicate some time later in the spring, and we're going to jump into uh, some deeper stuff with global. Um, but this morning, I feel like what the Lord wants to get across to us is, is, is this idea of local mission. And we talk often about Jeremiah. We use Jeremiah 29, uh, verses 1 to 10. If you know Jeremiah 29, 11, it's probably most people, you know, most people, it's in their top 10 verses when they go like, what's your life verse? And they go, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans God has for you, declares the Lord. All right? Plans to prosper you and not harm you. And he, he goes on, but there's a whole like 1 to 10 before we get to 11. And it's so good. It's filled with so much good stuff. Because there he's telling the people who, who are living in exile, who are, who are strangers in this strange land. And as followers of Jesus, we feel often like we're strangers in this strange land, right? And he says, listen, you who feel like you're strangers in a strange land, do not gather together and hide your light under a bowl. He says, settle down and build. Raise a family there. Leave a legacy in that place. Grow in that place. Seek the peace with your neighbors in that place. And pray for the prosperity of the city, because if the city prospers, you will prosper. Right in the place where God has put you. Not a single one of you is living in Rockland or North Bergen counties by mistake. That has something he, he wants to accomplish, and he wants to accomplish it through you. That we would live this way among all people, whether they are in the family or not. Now, uh, most of you know it's been uh, about uh, two months or so now that we're back in our house, and uh, we're so thankful to be back in our house. And last Monday night, we hosted our first open table in over a year. And the Binkle family got to be the Binkle family again. We got to, to do what we believe God has called us to do. Our home is so important to uh, not just to us as it being a home and a place for us, but because we view our home as, as a place where we live out Jeremiah 29, 1 to 10. And when we were engaging, you know, what do we do with the house? Do we fix it? People were saying, move. You know, maybe we want to move and sell it. And, and we went, no, 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 no. You don't understand. We've, these are our people. This is our neighborhood. These are our neighbors. Right? Mr. Mr. Pete knows us, and he's in his 90s. He can't leave Mr. Pete. And, um, you know, uh, just, just about a year ago, I was in ShopRite. Um, as every, every good person who lives in Pearl River, you go to the, you always end up at the Pearl River ShopRite. I don't know why. You, you're like, oh, I should go to Wegmans. I should go to all these other places, and you just end up there. But you end up there, and you walk in, and one of my neighbors was there, and she's one of my older neighbors. And we were, I saw her, and she gave me a big hug, and we're standing by the flowers, and there was someone she was talking with, and she goes, oh, she goes, it's so good to see you in her thick Irish brogue. And she, and she turns to her friend, and she says, this is my pastor. She's never walked in this building in eight years. 
because I am learning to use my own gifts and talents and abilities with the people I live with for the majority of my life, my week. And I'm learning to, to, how to pray for them and how to encourage them and how, how to shine the, the light of the love of Jesus. That when life is happening and things are getting hard, uh, when, when mom is in the hospital, who do they text? I know you pray. Would you pray for my mom? Yeah, absolutely. And we're learning to do this, and we're learning to do this together. This isn't just my story. I know it's part of your story. I've heard some of your stories as you've engaged the the world around you. But mission needs to be at the forefront of our thinking. It needs to be the forefront of how we move um, and and live in the world, uh, in the place where God has put us. Some of the other ways that, that I've learned to do this is, you know, we, we will frequent uh, local businesses. Um, I, I had a place in another town where I loved to get my hair cut, but I decided because I live in Pearl River, I'm going to get my hair cut in Pearl River. Um, there is a place where I prefer to get my buffalo chicken pizza, uh, but because I live in Pearl River, I am going to go to a pizza place in Pearl River. Um, there are other places I would prefer sometimes to get my coffee, um, but I don't anymore because the place I get my coffee in Pearl River now is actually really good. Um, <laughs> and actually, as part of one of the things we are going to do, a mission, an activity of mission together this year, um, is we are going to go down on a Sunday afternoon at about four, 3 or 4 o'clock, somewhere in there, um, and this is an all-skate, and we're going to go, and we're going to flood that coffee shop, and we're going to bless that business. It's a new business started by a family, and we're just going to go throw our dollars at them and drink their coffee as a way to say, if you prosper, we prosper. Oftentimes, when I'm sitting down in a restaurant now, you know, instead of just going, Jesus, thank you for this food, and bless it to our bodies and the hands that prepared it, I, I, I always try to move now into, and, and Jesus, may, may this business prosper. May it do well. May it succeed so that the folks that are here know that you're active and you're working. And these are just some of the ways that I'm learning myself to engage mission. Um, Alan Hirsch, who's a missional theologian, says that the church is comprised of the sent people of God. The church is the instrument of God's mission in the world. However, most people believe that missions is an instrument of the church, a means by which the church is grown. Although Christians frequently say the church has a mission, according to missional theology, a more correct statement would be that the mission has a church. The mission to proclaim the gospel of Jesus to every living human on earth, it starts on my street and it spreads to the whole world. So we have no idea what one single conversation of faith, what, what the impact of that can be on the globe. Because you don't know the person you're talking to, who their cousin is, and their cousin, and their grandma, and then 
grandpa is like a diplomat and there's something and all of a sudden the family's coming to faith and, and the Lord is on them and moving and then all of a sudden uh, the gospel is now influencing government and business, education and all of these different areas. And as I've been reflecting this week, um, I've been thinking a lot about this, and this is just my own thought, but I wanted us to just think about it together for a minute. That mission is impossible. Mission is impossible without God's presence. And it is illogical without God's family. It is impossible without God's presence. Holy Spirit is the fire that fuels mission. Mission is birthed in the presence of God. Mission is fueled by the presence of God. And it is fanned in the flame with the body. We were, it is illogical. It was illogical to the early, in, in, to the early church um, for anybody to do mission alone. That idea of like, God, what is, what is, what is my special purpose? What is my mission? What is the thing that only I can do? As opposed to going, God, what, what are you going to do through us? Through this, this family that gathers at 253 Earhart Road at 1030, or sometimes 1045 every Sunday morning, right? Is impossible without his presence, but it is absolutely illogical without his family. We often don't engage it because we feel like we're alone in it, and we're not meant to be. Now, I want to throw at you some ideas that I have, and these are some goals that I am setting for this year. Um, for, for, for the river, for, um, you know, the organization, you know, for us to engage mission uh, and, and be able to equip the body as best as we can. Um, I really believe it's time that we start taking a monthly benevolence offering. Uh, benevolence, we have a benevolence fund that is open. Benevolence is a fund that is available for when people are really in need. And oftentimes we become aware of these needs um, and there's a process that we have to go through um, that sometimes takes some time to be able to actually get funds to people um, who need help with paying bills or something is going on and they're in a situation in a home life where they've got to get out of there immediately and, you know, we want to help pay for a hotel room or some food or something like that. Um, the Benevolence Fund helps us do that faster. Um, we'd like to build up a, a good Benevolence Fund so we can actually meet the needs of people who are in need. Okay, um, and so I'm going to roll that out uh, probably next month, and we'll have a regular rhythm. You know, I'm thinking the last Sunday of the month. Um, we just say, we, this Sunday we will also be taking a benevolence offering. It is apart from your regular tithes and offerings. This is, this is when we start moving into sacrificial giving. Right? Going, God, I've given you my 10%. 
God, I'm, I've, I, I am also giving to the Great Commission Fund um, because I, I, I believe I'm called to support uh, the global work of, of the church around the world. Um, but God, even, even if it's this $5 or this $10 a month, if it's, if it's a cup of coffee that you would deny um, once a month so that you can provide for others, um, we, we do that. And you just come up and you can write it on the envelope and there's a little thing, a little box that's already on there. I think, right, Andrew, there's a box that says Benevolence Fund. You just check the box. Let us know where it's going. Um, and you don't have to wait till the last Sunday of the month, but I, I, I often find like it's nice when we move into things together. Um, and so be looking for that the last Sunday of the month. Um, we're going to, uh, we've, we've paused a little bit uh, with our monthly global missions updates, and we need to get those firing again. Remember, we would, we would Skype in an international worker from around the world um, once a month, or we'd have some kind of a moment where we just stop as the body and go, hey, what's going, God is doing stuff all over the world. We need to tune into what he's doing because it actually has implications for us. I'd be able to highlight some of the stories um, of the things that God is doing all around the world. And so we'll connect monthly again and get that update going. And then we will be appointing uh, an outreach coordinator. Someone will help us uh, plan and execute um, a couple of events a year where we are out of here. We get out of this building. We serve together. Okay? Um, so these are the ways, the goals for, for us um, the church, but but I want to talk a little bit. You know, these are these are are some good organizational goals. Um, but there's something to be addressed as it goes for my own responsibility and participating with God in His global redemptive heart to see all people in a transformed, life-changing relationship with Jesus. And 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 something there's there's something to be answered uh, in the question. Of, of do I live my life invitationally? Because I think we often just think, you know, mission is about it going, and it is. It's about going and being sent. But when you're there, is my life invitational? Are, are people given the opportunity to experience the light that is burning inside of me? Am I actively inviting others to be part of God's family? So the Holy Spirit alone births faith, right? But am I presenting opportunities for encounter that helps lead people to faith, that sets the atmosphere for faith? Rich Birch is one of my ministry coaches right now. I'm in this, this ministry um, coaching uh, cohort with some pastors and leaders from all over our region. And uh, Rich Birch talks a little bit more about what this, this uh, invitational life looks like and sets some sobering reality. He says, now, it's important to understand that 82% of all unchurched people would attend your church if they were invited to do so. Crazy, right? 82% of people, if you invited them into something, would go. The sad part of this is that only 2% of church members 
have invited someone to attend this year. There is an 80% gap. in effectively reaching our locality with the gospel. And this year's a year we close that gap. Yeah? Amen? Come on. This year's a year we begin to close that gap. One conversation of faith. One kind act that shines the, the love of the light of Jesus on the people around you living invitationally, not just to church, inviting people to share a table with you and a meal at your home, inviting people to do some of the regular, normal things of life that you do, neighbor neighbor with neighbor, hey, come help me remove this tree stump, I'm going to come help you do this, and it's not because it's transactional, but it's because it's relationally responsible. We see this, this happen as we're invitational around our tables and in our activities and at work and in our neighborhoods. And so I have one next step for you, family, this morning, and it is this. Would you prayerfully consider how you will be part of this Acts 1-8 family on mission? As, as individual family units, as individual uh, folks who, who attend here, um, would you prayerfully consider how you will be part of this as we unroll these things, as we unveil it, as we, as we go out together, as we give sacrificially, um, as we learn what it means to serve, as we continue one-anothering one another so that we can one-another the other? I got that right. I practiced that one a lot. That we would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that whatever it is that the Lord calls us to, however these things get played out, that mission starts in prayer, it is informed and fueled by the Holy Spirit. And it is, it is fanned into flame together. You stand with me. We're going to pray. We're going to come to the table as we close out this morning. Just, just, just proclaim this out loud with me. Lord, thank you for your presence. Let's do that again. Lord, thank you for your presence. It is, it is the, it is the light of my life. Your presence fuels the mission. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you for the opportunity to one another, one another. Lord, thank you that you have set me on mission. Show me the people, the places where I can learn to one another the other. (laughs) 